0: And we're live. Welcome to another episode of Face Liberty in Practice, Season 1, Episode 18. I'm sitting down with Anglo Libertarian. Anglo, how you doing?
1: I'm very good. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing great. It's 9 o'clock in the morning here. Uh, my day's just getting started, so it's good. Oh, to wow. I'm having fun opening up the podcast.
1: Oh, good. I don't know when the last time I woke up at 9 a.m. on a Saturday was, so well done.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it was nice. Um, so... But, but, before we get going, I completely forgot to send a link to Triddle. So let me just uh take care of that real quick. Sure, I'll retweet it. Let me just um... you know what? I completely forgot to sand it. Oh, and it was still playing okay. So guys, it's it's my, my routine for what I do is thrown off due to the fact that it's a morning podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm awkward it's, like uh... that. I've I've said several times I will be on anyone's podcast as long as it's not like my three in the morning. <laughs> Very difficult to find Americans willing to do that.
0: Yeah. I have I have I have a few friends on um in Europe. I've got a gold guy, a few other friends, and so mm-hmm. I uh my my podcasting time zones are all over the place.
1: Oh, good. I've I've actually just been speaking to Gold Guy today in my server that I've got about Christianity, who's considering it. So,
0: yeah, it's he, going we, well. we, 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 we've been talking for a bit. He's coming on uh my the Austrian Tomas and Roundtable I do to do uh the five proofs of existence of God. Nice. He seems really convinced by the unmoved mover. What's this? Makes sense because it's a really solid argument.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I last heard from him about three days ago that he said that my video on Christianity was uh, like shaking him up a bit and he wanted to start <laughs> investigating it this morning. He uh, joined this server I've got and said, I know there's one immutable, eternal, immaterial, incorporeal, perfect, omnipotent, fully good, intelligent, and omniscient being. <laughs> so he's <laughs> been busy in a few days.
0: He's, that's good. That's good to hear. He's a oh. good dude. I believe really, he's been a few times. Yeah. Uh, Great little about that guy. Uh, so, why don't you tell, tell my artist a little bit about who you are? Uh, who are you? What do you do? That kind of stuff.
1: Sure. Well, um, I go by the name of Anglo. I have a YouTube channel where I talk about Austro-libertarian politics and economics. Um, I study economics at university. I'm just coming up to about to graduate it, and I'm nice. very pleased to be done with that soon. Um, yeah, and also, I suppose the reason why I'm here is that this. Past Easter, I was confirmed into the Catholic Church, and I've been focused so much more on the goodness, beauty, and truth of Catholicism and Christianity than politics and economics lately. It's really fallen by the wayside, and my interest now lies, I say, in things not of this world.
0: Dude, I, I feel that. This started off as a political podcast, and lately I'm doing more Catholic content than anything else. Yeah, good. It's- yeah, politics is fun. I still love what you economics. I still I'm still concerned about Happy end But most of the time now if I get to talk to someone in the pocket, I'm like, let's some Catholic.
1: Yeah. You know? I just find it so much more interesting. Um and and just so much more fulfilling. Of course, it is like economics and politics is strictly limited to this world, which is all just I, I always think of um one of the first books I read in the Bible was Ecclesiastes. Hmm. Is it Ecclesiastes or no? Yeah. I always get confused now. Because so I've got a Protestant Bible. I don't have a Catholic one yet with all the books Ooh. in. And there's, there's one which, there's one Catholic book they took out called Ecclesiasticus. Is that right?
0: Um, I'm, I'm flaking on it. I can't remember.
1: Okay. Well, I think Ecclesiasticus is one of the ones that Luther took out of the Bible. But there's also Ecclesiastes, which talks about so much of um, human doing and things focused on humanity. It's just gone like dust in the wind, and it's all mm-hmm. vanity. And I really, really feel like that. Yeah. At right now, I'm just so much less interested in things to do with the world.
0: Agreed, agreed. Um, so, what what made you? So I, I saw a video when you said you're Christian. Now you <laughs> went from, I believe it was a uh, atheist to deist to like to to a seist mm-hmm. Once you went through that line of like, okay, well, God does exist. What made you go with Catholicism, or say Protestantism, or Sunni Muslim, or one of the other? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's
1: a, that's a good question. So. What made me go from deism to theism, first of all? Well, actually, if we start back at the beginning, I think it'll make my thoughts come clearer to me. So as a teenager, I was an edgy atheist who loved Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens. uh, At the same time, (laughs) I'm sorry, at the same time as my mother was raising my brother in the Catholic church and sending him to a Catholic school and everything, I was at his first uh, Holy Communion and things like that. I didn't even know that's what I was attending. Uh, I just thought this is all a load of bullshit just set up for people in Rome to get money and power. Um, And that's where I was for a very long time until as a young adult, I first started getting interested in philosophy. It started with Stoicism because that is like, I would say, the normie entry into philosophy. And that's definitely the way I went down.
0: Hmm.
1: After that, I got interested in Aristotle and heard he had this argument called the unmoved mover about the reason why the universe exists, which is something that, oh, I just thought it exists because of the big bang and realizing how silly of a position that is now. So I came across the unmoved mover and I thought, okay, this seems pretty good. Uh, sadly, Aristotle's version of it was based on a model of astrophysics. That's completely, uh, nobody believes anymore to do with uh, planets being on like invisible circles all uh, moving around each other. And mm-hmm. that is why things needed movement. So I just thought, you know what, it's an interesting thought experiment. The the argument from causation is interesting. Uh, however, it doesn't imply any sort of a God who is a person. I left it at that for a very long time until I thought, has anybody else ever done any? This was like two and a half thousand years ago. Has anybody else ever built on this? Yeah, this guy called St. Thomas Aquinas really liked Aristotle. And I read his arguments on it and thought, mm. and still, of course, it's true. His five ways do not prove everything else about God or religion, but everything else that man wrote does. So it really began an investigation into that. So I went kind of like full head first into Catholic theology, but I was still very resistant to be a Catholic. Mm. I don't know why. Uh, it probably was still more personal bias against it that i had from growing up with my brother going into the church um so when i first decided you know what i am i I realized it would be more incorrect for me to say i am not a christian than for me to say i am a christian so i thought well i guess that makes me christian um and i just kind of assumed the default position then is a very lax protestantism um and that every other form of denomination that builds on that is just adding unnecessary parts to it. Um, So for a few months I went to a Baptist church just around the corner from me um, and I was very appreciative of how welcoming these people were uh, but I really felt like true, I, I would say really deep thought about these things which is what brought me into it like real serious contemplation was very lacking. It was just about I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I don't, I don't really have a definition for what that is. So once on a Sunday, we meet up, sing about God, and then go for a coffee afterwards and talk about anything but God. Uh, <laughs> as if it was sort of like there's a time and a place, um, and it's just not now. The time and the place is Sunday for an hour. The rest of the time, it makes no real difference. Um, so I, I realized I definitely wanted more than that. Uh, I felt like, no, the... the, the the, f- the fullness of these questions and this truth can't lie here. and so still <laughs> in my reluctance to be Catholic I found found out about Anglo-Catholicism. Uh, so the the high church part of the Church of England or Anglicans uh, who they will do literally anything but accept the Pope. They even <laughs> uh, venerate Charles I of England who was a Catholic royalist who tried to restore, Catholicism to the throne after the Reformation, they venerate him as a saint, (laughs) and this man was trying to overthrow their church and bring the Roman Catholic Church back, and they they do rosaries, they believe in the real presence of the Eucharist, they do the whole thing, except for say that the Pope has primacy. So that's where I was when I made my video on YouTube, I was thinking, oh yeah, okay, I I agree with everything apart from really papal primacy, so that's where I'm going to go, and I posted that video is like 45 minutes long of me doing the basic uh, apologetics for one why god exists two why christianity is the most fitting religion uh to the god we can know from our reason and that was basically the gist of it and in there i said there are some things i don't agree with with roman catholicism so i'm going to be an anglo-catholic before i'd even actually gone to a single anglo-catholic mass uh, someone posted a few videos in the comments saying like, okay, so you've listed some objections here for why you don't agree with Roman Catholicism. Here are some counterpoints to those objections. They're all from this YouTube channel you might know called vaticancatholic.com. A set, bunch of set of accountants. I didn't know what that was at that time, but however, the, the videos on this was absolutely fantastic and they all completely convinced me. Mostly the argument from scripture of Matthew, probably 16, I think it is. 16, uh, eight. There you go the keys to the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. and what it means to bind and loose and that was really it after that point i just mm-hmm. felt like oh wow that that was the only thing stopping me from being roman catholic what excuse do i have now none <laughs> crap i suppose i've got to do it then um mm-hmm. yeah then after that so i was already baptized as an infant and i live in a very busy city and i found uh, thankfully i'm leaving soon i hate being an urbanite um What I found is in really busy cities, churches are basically just closed all the time, apart from mass, or else people would just go in and steal everything from them. Mm -hmm. And that just says so much about cities that you need to know. Um, And so it's all really busy, really closed off, really bureaucratic. And I was emailing Catholic churches saying, so I understand if you're not baptised, you have to go through the RCIA. That makes total sense. And then you get baptised at Easter. I've already been baptized. So I don't need, I don't need that. I had a valid baptism in the church of England, got the certificate to prove it. Um, so can uh, like, is there another way to receive me? Because this was, uh, probably like December when I was emailing all this, really not long ago at all. Um, and I thought that I don't have to want to have to wait until the next September or October to roll around in nearly a year's time before I can even start becoming Catholic because I want to be now. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, after emailing a few churches, I found one with an amazing priest, absolutely hilarious. He's got a PhD in moral theology. And so when I sat down and spoke to him about the process and he said, "Okay, I can take you through a period of instruction and we can get you confirmed at Easter. He was exactly what I needed and everything I felt was missing. But I was at this Baptist church where it was all very kind of like happy, clappy. Well, we're so we're so glad that Jesus exists. Okay, time to go home. Mm -hmm. And then sitting down with him like real philo- uh, theological questions talking about like what what is the um the relationship between nature and grace grace of presupposing nature and all of these things that i'd learned from to mystic theology he was just bang 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 with all these answers all his own particular thoughts on things um and just i just felt that was absolutely such a blessing and then that was it i was confirmed what was it only a week and a half ago not even not even that yeah, and I just feel so right, it's definitely where I was destined to be this whole
0: time. That's awesome. That is that's good. You know, I, I don't know many, I know I know some people who have became Catholic. like it. Almost everyone I've talked to has had to go through the full RCIA course. Mm. Uh, I think you and myself are people I've never heard of who got to like do it faster route. I walked into my RCA course, way to like you know, learn everything and then. They talked to me for an hour, so he said, uh, we're gonna speed you along.
1: <laughs> That's um, a good sign.
0: Yeah, so they sped me along, and that was a lot of fun. Uh here's some gold, guy. Go Guy going to a character for the first time in over a decade today. Very nice. That's awesome. I mean go you're done. Text me if you have any questions, let me know what you think about it. I want to hear your thoughts. Um,
1: yeah, let me know how it goes.
0: Uh so you mentioned stoicism earlier. You know, I'm a fan of stoicism. I have a, I have, a, uh, I have a piece up on um, St. Lawrence and stoicism on the Ostertoma's website. Um, what what attracted you to stoicism in the first place? Um, you know what? It's, it was
1: actually a really long time ago now. It was probably approaching nearly a decade, wow. <clears throat> which makes me feel way too old for someone in their mid-twenties. Um, I'd, I I, w- I wouldn't say I know what attracted me to it. I just know I've... It's so strange. I, I I, really, really changed in my teenage years. Before I had no ambition to learn anything. I had no thirst for knowledge. And then one day just bang, I don't know, I guess puberty hit <laughs> and that changed somehow. Um, and so I was trying to, you know, get through the typical first existential questions. What is the purpose of life? What should we do with this time that we have on earth, according to what way should we act and think? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that just took me to stoicism, uh, reading meditations by Marcus Aurelius really, really did change my life. I th- I was always really predisposed to a stoic mindset. I'm just generally so laid back to the point that it often really annoys my fiance, <laughs> if we, if we need to get somewhere, we're probably going to be late. ah, It'll work itself out. That's just the way I've always been. So that really, I- I'm, v- I'm very thankful that I was predisposed to that because it took me right back to ancient philosophy. And I'm so glad, because I feel like that is such a better route into philosophy than trying to read bloody Kant or Hegel. Like, if, if he was a star course today,
0: absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, p- people, ph- people. Anyone who's looking to read, looking to get into like reading philosophy, needs to go back and basically start with – once they don't like Plato, we'd Plato just to read, just to read Socrates. Because mm, yeah. Plato and then Aristotle, you're gonna get Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, all, all those three that's the foundation. That's where you start. Um, and if you really just want to skip Plato, it will start Aristotle's metaphysics, just start yeah. with his metaphysics and go from there. Cause it is, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, and I've,
1: I've also recently, I've become a bit more soft on Plato than I have been before. Um, I've kind of, I used to view it that you are, you either liked Aristotle or you liked Plato. And then you think, well, who taught Aristotle? It was Plato. Uh, it, it's, it, it's not, it's not a capitalism versus communism question. Um, and as, yeah, realizing as well that the divine simplicity argument that we hold to is mm. essentially Plato's entire argument for the existence of the soul, that we mm. use it to prove the existence of God and his nature. So th- there's, there is certainly a lot to be gained from Plato that I think a Absolutely. lot of Aristotelian-minded people, who most libertarians are without realizing it, um, yeah, there's, there's more there than they might think.
0: Well, if you like that idea, you, might, you guys might want to read. You might as well like to Anglo. Uh, it was started with other Platonists by... Yeah. Uh, Lloyd P. Garrison, where he spells out how 90% of error star of this Platonism. Ah, good, perfect. And it's it's a, it's a it's a pretty good book. He spells it oh, out. Great. Um Peter Kreef, the Catholic philosopher, he recommended mm. it. He's brilliant. Oh, oh, absolutely. The first time I heard him, I was I was researching the whole um Catholic debate on like lying, because some Catholics say you should never yeah. ever tell a lie. Uh-huh. And um it, someone asked him a question about is it ever okay to lie like to a Nazi at your door? And he had like a very simple answer, like when you're an aggressor, you lose your right to life. Why would you have a right to truce as well? <laughs> and he just kind of like it's so simply, he solved it and kind of walked away. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're a smart guy. Someone who's like you know seventy three books and he's only like seventy four. Smart, yeah. smart dude.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And well, I mean, that just sounds so libertarian, doesn't it? Uh, that's our entire position. An aggressor does not have a right to continue aggressing if that goes up to lethal means to stop them. So be it.
0: Absolutely. Now there was um. Became, became, I, became, I became Catholic libertarian around the same time. Around the mm-hmm. same time, I was investigating, investigating libertarianism. You know, I think I found out who Joe Jorgerson was and Trent Horn was <laughs> the same week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so i has been going from there. Um, and reading Aquinas, then reading Augustine, and reading Tom Woods and Lou Rockwell, mm. and, uh, like, uh, what's his name, uh, Greta Hossmann, uh, Essex, Essex of Money Production, there is so much overlap with um, scholasticism and um, Austrian economics and libert- like uh, libertarian theory. It's it's a lot of fun. It's reading all that stuff. Have you, have you read uh, Murray Waspah's History of Economics Art?
1: I was just going to mention that I haven't. I've got a friend who's currently reading it, and I know Murray's thesis is that uh, it, our economic system does not come from Adam Smith. It comes from the Spanish scholastics of mm-hmm. the... Is it the school of Salamanca or the Salamancan school? Not that I think it really it's, matters.
0: I, I think it's the first one, but yeah. It's... Okay.
1: Well, yeah. But, and so that's where it comes from. The, the only name I remember from the Salamanca School is Suarez, who I hear yeah. like lots of Catholics really praising. And so like, he he is the he's the foundation of Austrian economics and a seriously well-renowned Catholic theologian. And, Absolutely. It's it's great. Yeah, if if you if you try and get back to the intellectual intellectual roots of so much of Austrian theory. You'll find it all in the scholastics.
0: Uh huh. Um, who are, there was a um, who was it? I can't remember what his name was, but there was a this, uh, this guy wrote a this Catholic economist. I put that in air quotes. Anyone listening? <laughs> um, he reviewed Tom Woods' book Searching in the Market," and he tried to make a whole like Catholics can't be Austrians. Um, okay. And it was all based on really on like just price. <laughs> on just weights it was all based on just weights and it was I read the entire segment. and I've only read two economic books at the time when I read that And even I knew it was it was bs <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I was I was just close to and I, I thought Tom never would review to it I, I almost would review to it because it was so bad oh dear but there's um yeah, it, it's fun. Speaking of Austrian and Austrianism and Thomism, this is I'm gonna plug my website up in listening. If you if you guys enjoy this podcast, go subscribe and check out Austria Thomism. It's a website full of Austrians and Thomists, and we write articles, do round papers, do book reviews. Uh Anglo, we wanna get you on actually. We wanna oh, yeah. get you on for a whole Austrian Thomism episode. We're thinking we wanna we wanna review um in the Market or um uh Essex the Money Production, you know, a Classic economics book. Mm-hmm. And we figured Anglo would be a perfect guest for that.
1: Hey. Well, absolutely. Let let me know, and I'll. I'm not, I'm not, notoriously bad at keeping on track when it comes to reading a book. Like all of my library is half read books that I then just like almost. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> I just I go. Oh, that's interesting. How does it relate to this other thing? Okay, right. Time to buy a new book. But absolutely, let me know if you'd like me to do any research and come back on, and I'll see what I can do.
0: Absolutely. Let's see here. Um, I you have a great sweat on Twitter about why you're a happy end. I I've ah. read it. Wonderful thread. I mean, thank you. Just spot on. Um, when you what came first, libertarianism, Austrianism, for you? It was uh, the economics, the libertarianism like the other way around.
1: Uh, it wasn't, it was the economics, but not first Austrian economics. I was really introduced to this whole entire thing by Milton Friedman. Hmm. Uh, he's the reason why I went to go study economics at university. And by the time I'd, I'd already applied to it, uh, I'd moved on <laughs> from Milton Friedman to Murray Rothbard. Mm. Um, and that 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 very quickly went from there. But my my introduction to both economics and libertarianism, because he talked on both, was yeah, Milton Friedman. Yeah,
0: Friedman. I I always love his interviews, his lectures, and his videos. Cannot get into his writing. Well, no, there's a good reason. He's he's so much better when he. Uh, I don't I don't know why it
1: was. All of his interviews and like public lectures and everything are pretty much spot on it's when he writes that you just see repackaged keynesianism and cry and just wonder why have you done this you're 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 making so much sense when you're speaking to actual people but for some reason when you've got the privacy of your own like office you just contradict yourself in so many ways it's almost tragic
0: yeah so hoppianism um Mm. Speaking of Hopper, I assume most people most, are you wanting to hop into you've actually read Hopper or are you want to hop into you haven't read Hopper?
1: No, I've only read a few essays and the whole of Democracy, that got The God, the Faith. It's one of the few good books enough. I've actually read the whole of.
0: <laughs> Same. It, I, that's one of the few books I picked up but I could not put down. Oh, honestly, going. so it, good. Dude, if you enjoyed that one, you got to check out uh, Liberty or Equality, The Sounds of Our Times by Eric von Knut Definitely,
1: that, that sounds um, right on my alley.
0: He was a uh, Austrian. Um well, uh, he was uh, he was married to like a duties. <laughs> oh nice. um he was friends with Mises, was an Austrian, and he was a, a Thomist and he wrote a book on wow. monarchy. Oh fantastic. Um he is he's incredible. He's one of my I think one of my favorite authors because he has a, a book called Leftism. I'll Leptism just say his him. name was I'm gonna have to write that uh, out. Eric Von Kadut Laden. I'll text you a link to it. Uh his PDF's are on Mises Institute. Oh fantastic. Um he had a whole, he had a book called Leftism. Was this from the sort to uh Marx? No, not Marx, is it? Hitler, It basically spells out <laughs> the beginning of leftism to now, to whatever he was writing. And so it's just a history of leftism from beginning to then end, and it's ridiculously good. Oh, that sounds it. I have
1: another thread I've had was absolutely railing on Descartes as well, so I'll I'll enjoy that.
0: Oh, uh, man, you think of Descartes making me think of um uh do you know do you know have you heard of Zachtmunton? I don't think so. Okay, so he was a uh, Zachtmunton was a 20th century Thomist. Um, he was one of the guys who kind of resparked Thomism in France because it kind of died down a bit in, in the 18th, 19th century, and he yeah. resparked it into a whole new uh, school again. He wrote like 86 books. Um, yeah, really. Whenever he was in Fr- France, he never went home. He just went to uh, um, Notre Dame and, and slept in front of the Eucharist pretty much. Like, he oh, went to Idleways and slept there. Um, and he has a book called From Looser to Descartes to Rousseau, and it's how Looser influenced Descartes, how Descartes influenced Rousseau, and how it's the ideological train from the reformation to leftism.
1: Wow, brilliant! That that is just—I see that as clear as day. So I'd love to <laughs> yeah. read
0: that. He's got—he's got some really good stuff. Um, yeah, there's so many, so many authors. Awesome I mean, and being, being a being a Thomist and being in the Austrian camp and libertarian, and be like, okay, history books, political theory, economic books, Thomism, theology There's just there's so many rabbit holes to go down. Oh, totally. in, a, in a Catholic libertarian camp, and it's just—it gets a little exhausting sometimes. As I'm, 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 so, I'm so you know.
1: Yeah, like when you it gets to a point when, like, with your Twitter value, you always need to put things of like groups you identify with, like libertarian, hoppian, monarchist, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you quickly realize after going down these rabbit holes, there's just not enough space
0: to to write all this shit. Absolutely. It's uh, so, um, kind of, I I, real quick, what kind of content do you make exactly? Because it seems like you make a lot of video essays. Is Is that what you call it? or...?
1: Maybe. I, I think that is too high of a term <laughs> because I, I really, yeah, I, I do. I write a script and make like a 15 minute video just talking mostly. It's basically a podcast uh, of just really short episodes that I like take a whole month to make <laughs> I'm terrible at uploading. But yeah, no, it is. I'll think of an issue uh, to do with politics or economics, uh, bang out 3000 words, record it and just release it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I, I've seen a few of them. Really enjoyed them. Oh, thank you. They're, they're a lot of fun. I I like videos. That I can sit down with like a it's like a lecture almost, but it's some slides like a PowerPoint. I I enjoy that kind of content. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you said a meme the other day of Jimmy Akin. Uh, not not. <laughs> not uh, I had to make him because I absolutely love Jimmy Akin, one of my yeah. favorite living apologists. Um, and I feel like he's not at least in libertarian circles, a lot a lot of the libertarian Catholics I know were born Catholic, and so they're yes. not, like, really into the apologetics kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jimmy Akin is just incredible, right? I mean...
1: Oh, absolutely. I think you got a spot on when you called him the cyborg from the future, the, 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 <laughs> that the future church sent us. It, uh, like, and talking to my fiancé about all these things as well, he was just as atheist as I was until, like, I got snapped out of it. And so she is... Uh, I've dragged her along as well <laughs> nice. of, of this existential journey and yeah people like jimmy Akin are fantastic it's like you think ah, oh, but if god is so loving and we hear like he just flooded the entire world like how do you reconcile that jimmy Akin will just go yep can't answer for you brilliant yeah
0: it going through his um mysterious word podcast on like you know the Random topics to cover, you're seeing it's like a friend's nutcase, and he goes into the debate <laughs> on like biblical inerrancy. And you're like, Oh, you somehow know everything, yeah. I, I, talk, I, I talked to him one time on Twitter, uh, and I looked into this. Apparently, you know, you ever watch the show of Sherlock Holmes on BBC?
1: Uh, a few episodes, yeah, not okay. religiously.
0: So, the mind palace technique that's in that show that's actually yeah. a weird thing that happens like memory competitions. Hmm. Uh, apparently, Jimmy Aiken says he has a mind palace, he uses for apologetics.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not surprised.
0: I'm not surprised either. Like, I just, if you watch the video, he looks in the corner. I'm like, is that what he's yeah. doing? Is he looking <laughs> in the Mind Palace? <laughs> his...
1: He's seeing with his third
0: eye. Oh, um, He did an episode on inflation recently. Oh, and cool. he Which um, was great. And I, 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 I bring this up because um, apparently he knows who Thomas DiLowenzo is and where the real Lincoln oh, and, knows, Whoa, and cool. knows some Austrian stuff. And I'm like, like apparently one while ago he was like when it comes to economics, he holds like Austrianism. And I'm like, oh. I really I really gotta to talk to Jimmy Akin now. I gotta find someone to get him on here and talk <laughs> Catholicism so and Austrianism and just like really see what he thinks on that because so, yeah.
1: It's this it's so surprising when you look for overlap that you didn't know was there before, especially people like Tom Woods. Like my favorite reaction image right now is um, from that old VHS of Tom Woods talking about how Catholicism uh, built the West mm. with Tom Woods with a raised
0: eyebrow and the the caption, surprising, isn't it? Yeah. I love using that. Uh, that was a great, that book and that, that lecture series on um, EWTN is really good. Yeah, I think like it's yeah, no we, we, Tom, we, often,
1: we often forget Tom Woods as a historian, don't we? <laughs> we think yes. he's an
0: economist with a podcast. No, he's a historian. Yeah, there, there was a what was it? That was a um I think the economist uh put out uh, like a top hundred most influential comments of in the last 50 years, and Tom Woods was on the list. Wow. That says a lot. Um I think Bob Murphy beat him out by like two points on the oh. on the list, which is this hilarious. But you know, <laughs> Tom has a lot of good Catholic books. Like he uh what was it? Um the search faces modernity it was it was all how the Catholic reacted to the 21st to the 20th century uh modern aids very cool so, i think it's, like, so it's I think his first seven books weren't even libertarian at all they were just purely Catholic
1: yeah i'm um, not surprised
0: so there's a, a lot of good stuff there i mean so many books such yeah,
1: such <laughs> yeah, so little time
0: mm-hmm. so uh back to Thomas Aquinas for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um you mentioned the move, you mentioned the five proofs what else uh, aquinas have you uh have you read in uh, kind of, let's talk about aquinas for a little bit okay you know? um
1: well what i'm reading right now is peter crafe's own summa of the summa which well mm. it's it's not written in his own words it's ep- excerpts of the summa um taken out and so i'm uh it's making me actually just want to read the summa because i'm thinking like i i like the style here but i it's not quite as clear to see what the point is getting at I think it, that they're, they're not the most substantial parts of theology it's to do with um uh the, the lots of questions like uh, does God actually move uh, are there places where he is not and things like that and I'd, mm. yeah I, I'd like to just see what's actually in the summa itself and get more of the substantial things especially um things like predestination Uh, Mm. that is something i I need to read augustine as well for that these are the things that are sitting on my mind quite a bit especially because i talk to so many protestants Mm. and a lot of them are calvinists of course they hold to a version of predestination that is more like predeterminism yeah so i i want to make sure that like we need to remember the catholic position is (laughs) predestination we like to think it's not because uh, calvinists try to own that term yeah. So yeah, that's something else I'd really like to read and what Aquinas in particular has to say about it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I deal with some mainly not online, so once it's Protestants, but uh in real life, hmm. my family's still Protestant, all my friends are still Protestant. Uh I'll bump into someone and they'll be like, I haven't seen you at church in a while. What happened? <laughs> like I'm Catholic now because they are expecting me to be an atheist now and they're like, yeah. they're just taking aback. <laughs>
1: Which is worse. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, some some people it is. Dude, yeah, I, know. I was at um Oh my God! Where was I? I was at, I was in downtown. There was it was um, it was downtown and in the center of the town is a giant tent and a bunch of Protestant women, were there. And uh, I'm with my friends. We're walking, and these are my easiest friends. And we're walking. Mm-hmm. They, they, they grab us off the street. They talk to us. Okay, one at six has a nose ring. One has like treated the like, dyed <sighs> hair. They're wearing cut off. They look they look like neoliberal Monsters, okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm just there, my this this is what I'm wearing, looking sophisticated. And they're talking to them, and they're like, acs And when one, one girl would ask, What do you believe this says he's a lesbian? <laughs> Which wow. is like, that's just a weird way to answer the question. Yeah. they were like, Okay, cool, cool, cool. What about you? I'm Catholic. I had the longest sale. They stared at me longer <laughs> <laughs> than the girl was like three different hair colors. I'm like, Come oh, on. Wow. We, we, we went to play in the United to sign of the cross, and they stared at me for like a minute before they even started to play <laughs> It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, You have girls over here who are like identify their belief with their sexuality and you're going to stay with me. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, it's, I, it,
1: I don't know where it comes from, but I, I like to say that to be Catholic is to live rent free inside every other Christian's head. Right? <laughs> Just saying that you're Catholic and piss them off way more than like blaspheming to their face. Mm-hmm. And that's quite, that's quite telling on where priorities lie.
0: I know Catholics who get along better with Unitarians. I mean, not Catholics. Protestants get along better with Unitarians than Catholics.
1: That's just.
0: <laughs> it's just. I don't know how. I don't know how. It's. It's. I. It's weird. Um, I mean, for me, for me, what, what basically got me going was I. I figured out like I held. This, I hold this. I, I was a Protestant. I held the sola scriptura, yeah. and I figured out about they was the books in the Bible that were removed by Protestants. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, how do you, see, so you remove the things you didn't like and then claim this is the only infallible rule now? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. And then. That led me down the road to everything else. And so, um but that really does seem like a big one, you know, like problems have to justify a we justify removing books, and I've never seen a, a one actually succeed in justifying that.
1: No, I I've heard an argument that like uh lots of people of the early church held to different canons. So mm-hmm. they were they were the early church, various people around the place would have smaller canons of the Bible or well, sacred scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh it only became the Bible at the Council of Trent. Um Or even longer ones that would include things like the book of Enoch and all these like weird apocryphal stuff. So, and the, but yeah, the question is like, how how would you determine that these 66 books are the inspired ones and all the other ones aren't? Was Martin Luther infallible?
0: I mean, he held to them to go into a debate and someone referred with Maccabees and he went, that's not canon.
1: Yeah, seriously. I mean, Maccabees is where um, purgatory is most Mm -hmm. justified, isn't it? So now just take it out. And I love as well how he wanted to remove James from the New Testament because it says we see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. <laughs> and he couldn't take it out of the New Testament because people would kick off, so he just stuck it at the back.
0: Oh, love so Honestly. Who he called uh, um, R-
1: Reason a whore and said that uh, yeah. Aristotle was sent by the devil.
0: Oh my okay. god. Reason is a whore Babylon. I, it's just yeah. like, okay, no, I'm out. I'm out, I'm not Um <laughs> No, I have friends who are loose ones, and they're, and they're good people, but Martin Lusso, I had a poll I put up and then I took it down, but I, I asked, uh, who was the worst German? And it was Lusso, Kant, and Hitler. <laughs> um, I threw
1: Hegel in there as well.
0: <laughs> oh, I forgot about Hegel. I, I try. I try to forget about Hegel. <laughs> but yeah, and, the 95, um, shit posts. Uh, 95 shit posts, yeah. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Have you read the uh Council of Trent or looked into that at all? Because, like, um uh, when you actually read the Council of Trent, the uh, responses they give to anything Lucio tried to say was re- really, really solid. No, like, I haven't. It's, it's a good book, it's a, it's a little hard to read because it's a, it's a, it's a counsel's catechism, but yeah, it's, I was gonna um, say, I've, I've heard
1: the catechism of the Council of Trent's good, and yeah. I mean, the Vatican II catechism is fucking large enough, so I'll have to get through that first, I think, before I try and read it, but I would yeah. love to try and read that one day.
0: Dude, when I uh, when I first got my catechism, I posted a photo on Twitter, and this is when I had more um, conservative Catholics follow me, you know, the Trad tradcon kind of people. Oh, yeah. And they're like, you got the wrong one. That's the <laughs> one where Pope Pope saying the death penalty stands." And I'm like, what? I don't... Like... Just... No, this is this is the newest one. I think this is fine. I've, just... I've, I saw a
1: great meme the other day which said, um, like, "Is a church? No, it is a pope's teaching infallible. Does based Kath Groeper fourteen eighty eight on Twitter agree with it? If yes, infallible. If no, cringe." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I feel about most tradcons. Yeah. Uh, trad Um. No, like who was it? Um. Scott Hahn had the great saying, he's a he's a wad trad or glad trad! Oh, <laughs> glad trad! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah glad trad. What's this? I much prefer that term. Then someone like I, I get called a a, a rad trad. Um, I, 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 I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but maybe it's because of the monarchy side of me. <laughs> they just see that and they must associate. Oh, he's a monarchist, therefore he's a trad cast. I'm like, no, that's not. It's not the same. No, not, no not at all. Um, but I would say that's the only downside of being Catholic in Florida is there is no beautiful serpents here. I have to go like I have to go to Chicago to see a real good one.
1: Oh, that wow. sucks. I've got some really beautiful ones where I am now, uh, mm. but the later this year, I'm moving to a city which didn't really have any Catholic presence until like the 1970s, after Vatican mm. II, so all the churches there are fucking disgusting, brutalist eyesores that look like Soviet Union concert halls, oh. that the cathedral itself is absolutely vile, it makes me feel sick, and I'm so sad, because <laughs> all the ones <laughs> here are so beautiful.
0: Yeah. I went to um, Chicago once. It was I Saint John, I can't remember his name, Saint John something, um, and it was um, the church was built in like eighteen hundreds, no, nineteen hundreds. Sorry. it was it was built late late eighteen hundreds. And it, it was just it was huge. There was symbolism everywhere. I was my family who was so Protestant. And they're like, what's that? What's this? What's that? They were asking me all these other questions, and they had a crucifix. And my sister does not like crucifixes. She prefers okay. a cross, not a crucifix. Does she think and it's
1: idolatry, or doesn't like the imagery? She,
0: she just doesn't like the imagery. Okay. You know? Um, and so Jesus is on the cross, and his eyes are looking up to God. Yeah. And she's like, why is he rolling his eyes? And I was like, every time you complain about how hard your life is, that's what he's doing. <laughs>
1: he's dying. That's why he's rolling. He's wrong, dying
0: and rolling. his eyes like, but they, they got my order wrong at Starbucks. The Lord <laughs> is testing me.
1: <laughs> this is my crown of thorns.
0: <sighs> there are some good that I like, but there's so many partisans I talk to, and I'm just like, "I just, just stop talking to me. I, I, sometimes I talk to a partisan, I'm just like, can you just not, I don't have the energy for this right now, man. Um, some, some of them are just, oh, so there's some good ones. But in some of the ones you talk to, you're kind of like, can you? Can we not talk about this? Because you're just going to get upset and yell.
1: I don't have much experience with them in real life because mm. like the, the only Protestant church I went to for a few months was this Baptist one where it's very much just like, oh, we just believe in Jesus. And so it's, they're not exactly very opinionated, so you don't really mm. get into many arguments. Um, so all of my talk is with Protestants online, not on Twitter, because that we, we just know it's a hellhole. Right, but on discord i do find a lot of protestants that i could really get along with and especially ones who are very well educated on sola fide and actually understand what it means yeah. it's amazing then to see know just how much we agree um that like it is because a lot of Protestants can have this idea that i i think you saw me post on twitter the other day that we're pelagians and we think that we can just save ourselves through good works but no not what that's not the case whatsoever the Jesus' sacrifice and our faith is absolutely necessary because our faith is the acceptance of God's salvific love and love by definition has to be consensual mm-hmm. but the point is that's not faith alone you have to accept that and there is some involvement of you in it and this is why I really think about a lot at the moment is the classic scholastic phase uh, phrase which is translated to grace um perfecting nature it's best translated to grace presupposes and perfect nature which means there has to be some part of us which is worth saving and that is that is definitely where protestants disagree it's not so much on the fact that we have to do accept god we have to do good works they say oh no you have to it's just not your choice to do it um which is not the case whatsoever we're not robots we do participate yeah. in it so it's not faith alone and Uh, luther himself said that god's grace is not uh something which perfects our nature he said that our nature i think this is like verbatim translated is a piece of crap and god's Mm. uh grace covers it it doesn't change us it just covers the bad part Mm -hmm. and that just makes no sense whatsoever if heaven is the place where nothing impure can enter how can you just like wrap a piece of crap in toilet paper and get it through the, the pearly gates yeah that, that yeah, I, it, I it, so I, I like it, yeah. I like it when you find an educated Protestant who understands what the differences really are, then you can get into way more substantial um, disagreements rather than the Catholic to... saying you think that you can sin and still be getting to heaven. No, that's not what they think,
0: yeah. Now, I, I, wish to process, I, wish I was surprised, I was having, but the, by part of the conversation, conversations I was in agreement, like, um, I'll say something, and the other guy would say, Well, how do you make that work with the Bible? I'm like what is like, it doesn't seem to work with scripts, so i'm like what scripts are? And he'll be like <laughs> scriptures. <laughs> he, he knows he's not supposed to agree with what i'm saying but he doesn't know hasn't have any reason for that so he just says well the bible says as well i'm like what scripture? because it says in it right there it's just it's in there yeah oh. i was actually having those kind of comfort that you're having but instead i'm, I'm stuck with seeing boring ones
1: <laughs> but, but you can often also see in that alone how sola scriptura doesn't work because the good phrase uh text is tone deaf they can say no the bible says this and like, "No, you you've interpreted what the bible says in this particular way but who says that you are right yeah surely it makes far more sense we would have an objective body left behind to tell us what it means guided by the holy spirit and it's not you yes and there we go there's the magisterium
0: there it is so you mentioned uh I think it was on. I can't remember the Twitter one of your videos. You mentioned um Austrianism and classical Cism as then divine simplicity. Um and I think was that you was that somebody else I I, I I forgot to take more extensive notes, but um I not know I don't know if um
1: yeah
0: I'm just... yeah uh, so on divine simplicity because I know that's one thing some people have a hard time kind of getting. And I, I I don't fully get it, but I think I, I get enough to talk about it somewhat. Yeah, there we go. It's definitely an interesting saying, but like really take we understanding it, like for me, beginning to understand that really has re-saved and made a lot more made a lot of things I believe make more sense.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like it's very difficult to understand how all of God's attributes are identical, like his love and his justice and his will and his power. It's, it's very hard to wrap your head around how can those things be identical if you are listing them separately. Um, but it is sufficiently explained. And I can see it enough that it makes sense. And what is amazing about divine simplicity that I think is that it shows that every single argument against a natural theology case for God, like the five proofs, simply misunderstand what God is. It only comes from a miscomprehension. There is no logical way to to find a fault in the five proofs unless you misunderstand who God is. And yes. Normally, it's because there's a very anthropomorphic interpretation that he's either this really smart man sat in the clouds or sat outside the universe. It's one of those two. And then you go, no, you've got it completely wrong. He is the yeah. perfect act of being itself. Yeah. A,
0: and lot, you can't of the, you... uh, a lot of like the I thing I, I don't I think the term they use is theistic personalism, where he is a this a meta being. He is like us, but this bigger and stronger and exactly. smarter a and knows all. This, this really. I mean, they take God has, you know, I can't, I can't use Latin, but the uh, pure act of being it to be, to be, and they mm-hmm. just submit for like, okay, he's like Zeus but more powerful, exactly, and it's like you 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 lowercase the Z on God pretty much, yeah, it's, yeah, and I think
1: that is where so a lot of people that I've found who are educated in philosophy and are quite atheistic think that the ontological argument from Anselm is just mm-hmm. a load of absolute fucking rubbish. And I can understand that if you were trying to use it to simply prove God's existence. I think the ontological argument is fantastic at proving his nature uh, mm. to show that, okay, right, we've got these five proofs for God here. Uh, one is that he is immaterial and timeless. Oh, no, let, let's go with uh, omniscient. He knows everything. Well, and then you could argue by saying, no, anything which has to conform to epistemology has an unknown amount of unknowns. It doesn't know what it doesn't know. And then simply, the ontological ontological, arg, ugh, ontological argument comes in there and says, "No, if you conceive of God as a being which doesn't know something, your conception has fallen short."
0: Mm.
1: And I think that that is where the ontology of God really comes through on yeah. its own. Like, no, if you if you think you found a flaw in God's existence, then you're just thinking about it wrong. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, now, yeah. The, the ontological arguments. One of the things that when I first heard, I uh, when I first heard, I was a Protestant, so this is a, a dumb argument. Right. But the, the more I've understood divine simplicity, the more I understood ontology. The more I understood the ontological, ontological argument, um, the more I kind of like. Okay, I kind of get this now. There was a who was his name? Um, this guy's a new, young philosopher. He's like twenty two, twenty three. Um, my. YouTube stands for of Reason. He uh, is an agnostic. He's agnostic, but he's reworked the um, ont- the um, he's reworked the ontological argument to be like very for today's language, And he's, he's not convinced by it, but he's convinced atheist. What was it? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Which is, uh, I have to see a link to because he debated a cosmic skeptic on it. Who's uh, oh yeah, one of the smartest atheists I think alive today. It's, it's cosmic skeptic. But, um,
1: that, that's that's what I'd heard, right? And one of the first ever Catholic versus like atheist debates that I've listened to since actually taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I listened to Christopher Hitchens going, why, why, why just bad things happen? I thought that was a debate <laughs> many <laughs> years ago. Um, but yeah, I watched uh, his debate with Trent Horn. Oh, that's a good one. It's so good. And I just thought oh, because... Love. I, I, I thought like you could just take Trent Horn's opening statement for that and just leave it there because none of that was really contested. I saw yeah. people say that this is like the smartest atheist around right now, and his entire point is if God exists, why do animals suffer? And yeah. I think we've got all of these uh, points that can logically prove God's existence, and you refuse it on one part of nature which exists whether God does or not. So I don't understand mm. how saying, this can't be possible if God exists. Well, it yeah. already does exist. So what's your justification for it now? And, oh, yeah, that, that just, yeah. side note, that yeah. just really won me over very early on. Now,
0: now, Twin Horn is, um, his book of what, what we believe, why, what we, no, it was why we're Catholic, what we believe. I always get this too confused. Um, When I was looking into the Catholicism, I found out about Twin Horn, saw a debate, watched some of his rebutter videos, and I, I bought the book. And I said, if I can read this book and find anything I disagree with, I won't become Catholic. I would start <laughs> it, disagreeing with it. And by the end, he beat me and won me over. Nice. Like, I would solve like, it. Oh, see, this is why I can be Catholic. Their sexual ethics are terrible. but they don't have contraception. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm not going to use contraception. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he just won me over on every single point because it was just that good of a. It's just, he's great.
1: Yeah. And um, again, one of the only few books I've ever, like, pretty much read the entirety of was his book answering atheism mm. which i think he's talking about he wants to redo because it's fairly old and he's changed a few positions of his mm. um but that's one that i've recommended gold guy to buy uh my fiance's reading it and i think that is absolutely incredible it shows trent horn's absolute mastery of i think doing what aquinas did best which was steel manning his opponents Mm-hmm. He takes the best scientific and philosophical arguments that atheists have to offer and refutes them. And yes. you're just left away going, there is no possible alternative.
0: Bertrand Russell, the uh, 20th century atheist, said mm. he, when he read Aquinas, he found his the Aquinas' objections to his own arguments were stronger than the objections he could form. Yeah, <laughs> I've is, heard, I've heard that saying as well.
1: And I saw an, a great meme about Bertrand Russell the other day, how uh, it was a quote of him saying, um, nobody can sit at the side of a dying child and believe God exists. Someone posted that quote on Twitter and said, this is the man who wanted to nuke Russia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't he, I didn't know he wanted to nuke Russia. I don't...
1: Yeah, he, no, he wanted preemptive total destruction of Russia.
0: What if there's so the many Cold ACS War. being terrible neocons, or, or terrible pro-war people? I mean, Sam Harris, um, this guy, it's weird that there's um, a lot of ACSK Christians are violent, terrible people, and yep. they go on and argue for why we should invade the Middle East, or why we should nuke Russia.
1: <laughs> yep. yep, and God was bad, because look, he killed all those people in the flood. Anyway, we need to nuke the world.
0: <laughs> <sighs> there's, no, right. There's some ACS I can read and listen to and can respect, but a lot of them, I'm just like, you're not what was it? Uh, Daniel Dennett had the argument for, like, um, in the philosophy of the mind. Daniel Dennett said, Well, intentionality doesn't exist, there's a bunch of homunculi in the brain what? going down in layers that each have a form of intentionality of themselves. And it just it was just like, Wait, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> you're one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and yep. you're saying nonsense,
1: um, as well. Like, uh, so Sam Harris considered one mm-hmm. of the four horsemen. He he believes that you can derive morality from science. So Are you fucking joking me? That you think that you can look at, at get a field which is entirely descriptive and try and get something prescriptive out of it? Yeah. Uh, and you and and the argument is just fucking utilitarianism, just saying that all morality should be uh, drawn towards mm-hmm. like the ultimate well-being for the most amount of creatures. Mm-hmm. Or just that, was, of, that
0: was that fucking... was the first philosophy book I ever read was uh, really? The Moral Landscape. Yeah, because I had um. A friend of mine who was an ACS, he holds to a code toward moral relativism. And his uh, dad's a huge Sam Harris fan. So I figured, okay, well, if Sam Harris makes an objective argument for morality, I could take out of this what he says and then convert it to, I know what natural law was at the time. If I knew that, yeah. I would just use natural law. Um, but it was, it was bad. It's, yeah, it's no, sounds like. I, said, I, I should, I honestly do a review of that book again on a podcast. Just doing a new one—that'd be fun.
1: <laughs> and you know, well, it, what reminds, what this reminds me of, is that like early on when I was just starting to read like Stoicism, mm. I, th- I kind of, I thought, and kind of still do, that there is half an objective moral argument there. Uh, the trouble is, so with Stoicism, you can read it and it can say like, right, here are the characteristics of what it means to be a human. If you want to be a good human, you should act. According to this way,
0: mm.
1: what it can't do is cross the is or gaff, which says you ought to be a good human. Why you should want to be. All it is is a manual of saying, if you want to be a good human, do X, Y, Z. Um, mm. And so you, you, I think it's kind of the way I would describe that is you can see morality, but not justify it. Um I didn't real that that was one of the things I came to realize from things like the moral argument for the existence of God. Uh, yeah, which I find a lot of secular philosophy can kind of get at it's kind of like how plato kind of got towards god with the good with a capital g Mm. but didn't quite get there and i think lots of philosophies can do that but then you see in the culmination of classical theism it's all fulfilled completely objectively yeah and it's just brilliant
0: (sighs) what was it um i picked up today uh Ed is the last superstition, Muslim when mm. he just goes through all the new atheist people and mm-hmm. tears him a new one. Um I love the th- uh,
1: the saying I don't have enough faith to be an atheist and think that this is just all here for no reason.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, the, the new atheists, like there are there's like older atheism, like um uh, like Ben Watkins and real atology, you know, they're yeah. all atheists who are intelligent, who I can listen to and not wanna freak wanna scream at. But when I listen to like these new atheist people, like why right, You ever ever read Winston Dawkins' um, uh, summary of uh, Aquinas' five ways?
1: You know what? Just this morning, I watched uh, Matt Frad's video on that because I thought, (laughs) because what I love to do, I love to revisit that video because he uses like the spot on uh, philosophical terms. Which I'm still trying to get my head around. So I explain things in a bit more of a layman's terms, but I'd love to go back to that video and see how much more I understand. And that yes. tells me how much more of Thomism I'm coming to understand.
0: Dude, I do the same thing. I did the same yep. thing with that video. It's that's great. It's a good one. It's it's um because I, I first time I heard about Wits of Dawkins, I watched him on Joe Wogan. Okay. And I was like, Wow, oh, this guy's pretty smart. This is pretty good. And then I found out of Bear and did like a two part, two hour reaction to the entire podcast.
1: Oh wow, I need to watch uh, that.
0: It's really good. I realized, oh, Richard Dawkins is an idiot, and I was stupid <laughs> for liking him.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: because he he would say something that I was like, "That's a good point, Wizard. and it was like, um, "Parents don't have the right to indoctrinate, don't have the right to indoctrinate their kids in their uh, religion," and a bizarre thing. Because they are just like you. Mean you want indoctrinate your kids? I mean, how dare you yeah. indoctrinate your kids in the language you speak? They have to use their own language. And it uh, was just... it,
1: indoctrination is just another word for education, but we, yes. it's just used derogatory because no, you're not indoctrinating. You're not educating them in what I want you to educate them in. Therefore, it's indoctrination.
0: Yeah. <sighs> this. Oh, no,
1: sorry, I, I just remembered as well, a clip I saw not too long ago of like a uh, roundtable that was on British TV with Richard Dawkins and like an Anglican bishop. Mm. Uh, and the, the lack of self-awareness was palpable when he said, so what you'll find Richard Dawkins when he talks to like, I don't know, some evangelical young earth creationist is that, well, he's a biologist. So you can just go off on and call him stupid. When he gets confronted with a proper theologian and with actual logic, he just goes all weak at the knees and be like, oh, I suppose you can believe in that. I just don't find it reasonable. But so he was on this round table and he was saying, so you all believe that there is this um, creator that is so far beyond our understanding. and think you know so much about him. But I I think if there was something infinite, which pre-existed the universe, it would have to be remarkably simple and the entire audience just laughed at him, and he said, "Why are you laughing?" <laughs> he just, it just this man knows nothing hold about on, what he's trying on. to argue against. I
0: gotta, I gotta find. What was it on? I'm gonna say that real quick. What, I tweeted it on
1: my personal. I'll find the tweet from quite a while ago for you.
0: Please do, because I have got to see that.
1: <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, he he makes the fucking argument for divine simplicity <laughs> while trying to say God doesn't exist.
0: That's, that's incredible. That is that is this oh, the new atheists? They are. I don't. The only one of them that was an actual philosopher was Daniel Dennett. Yeah, the rest of them were like the biologist. Um, no, and I like no I would say I. One thing and he's I, still
1: I, not a materialist. He's a Cartesian dualist and think oh, believes in like immateriality of the mind and things like that.
0: I don't. I can't. That's what. That's one of the things that I can't like. If someone talks to me and they say we're living in a simulation or that we're living <laughs> in a, we can't tell if reality exists or how do you know anything is real? I I just want to start beating him over the head and say is this real? Is this real? Yeah, I just I can't who I can't, the slapping? I, can't right, I can't. I'm gonna send you, you
1: the uh, the video on the private chat of Streamyard.
0: Thank you. I will be watching that later because that that sounds hilarious. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, like I I I I uh I so I believe in evolution. That's why I, I did yeah, like Richard do. Dawkins for a bit. Um, and then I found this website called mystic Evolution. It's a mm-hmm. bunch of Thomists who do evolutionary science, brilliant. and it is yeah, it's it's ridiculously good. Um, and, D- and Jimmy Akin has stuff on, which is also great. He did a debate with uh, Gideon Lazar and the young Us. Recently. Yes, well, I, I listened
1: to all of that. And not long after that, I spoke to Gideon Lazar about politics. He, he really doesn't like libertarianism. But I made the point of saying, no, no, trust me, I like you. I understand how intelligent you are. Um, but yeah, no, that, that was a fantastic debate. And he's a very smart guy. And I, I really like how I, I do like the church's official position, which is basically... You can hold to either, but we really do favor evolution, Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is yeah. I don't know. I just really like that, and I especially like when you can see that there are people who are earth creationists who aren't fucking wackos.
0: I know. The, I know a few of the wackos down here in Florida. <laughs> I know a few of them. One yeah, thing about sure. Florida, much I love Florida's politics, and I love Florida's people. Mm-hmm. When anything smart comes up, it's like, like the Florida man energy is real. Yeah, they really do flock here. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, Gideon, Gideon is all he's, I was shocked, honestly, because I've never seen a, uh, the most intelligent young us I knew was Ken Ham, and so I, uh, yeah, he's an American uh, young us guy, he's he's a kind of Protestant who Tells people, if you can't believe in young us, you might as well not believe in God at all. Right, and so he just gives me these, these devil's choices about all of it, and it's just, he's terrible, um, <laughs> yes, Daniel, I know what time it is, we got a time difference in this podcast, okay, so oh, leave yeah. me alone, Daniel. Um, sorry, Jacob. His name is Jacob, but he named his podcast Daniel Sweet, and I just keep calling him Daniel.
1: Oh dear. Um,
0: uh, no, but um, yeah, that's one thing I do love. I love science. I absolutely love uh mm. that kind of stuff. And when I was my Protestant, so a lot of times I was told, like, if you, you like science, do something lead you away from the face. You gotta stop with the science. And then that's how you, I really. How can't I be religious system.
1: and an Austrian and like science, surely <laughs> empiricism. <laughs>
0: um, but this it, just it leading to all these great videos and stuff. And now it's, you know, evolution, economics, there's there's so many fields of study. And I wish school was actually fun. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I wish modern education wasn't so shitty that I would actually hate going to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I had a a pretty good realization the other day as to why. I I, I don't know if this is like the atheist argument around the world, but you'll always find I've found with an English atheist, they'll say things like, there is no evidence that god exists ask them what they mean by evidence and they will just say like a scientific journal their only concept of evidence is empirical falsifiably empirical um studies and i realized that this is the case because i never had a single lesson on philosophy at my entire time in school Had, had had lessons on chemistry biology and physics and so while i wasn't taught that the sciences are truth with a capital t That was the only conclusion I could come away with because nobody told me what truth is. The the only things I were taught that we know for certain about the world are things like uh, gravity and scientific phenomena. And the only reason we know those are true is because we can calculate them. It's 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 I think it's very telling that the reason why we as a society believe so little in god now is not because we've become smart enough to see that he doesn't exist we've taken away the fucking tools that we mm-hmm. had to be able to understand his existence Absolutely. which is logic yeah. and truth we're not taught what that is now we're taught nothing can be known 100 percent for certain everything is just a scientific theory which can be improved upon and uh, verified and changed it's not yeah. true
0: no, it, it is. I was talking to my atheist friends. Um, they refuse to accept reasons. They only will accept evidence. Exactly. And it it's infuriating. I yeah. remember I was talking to him one time about um Aquinas's unmoved mover argument, and he he said he said something along the lines of like, well, how would he know that? Because we didn't discover that part about science until years later. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like I'm not I'm not talking to this guy anymore. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Um.
1: It's, uh, well, I really like it as well. So Karl Popper is the guy who really defined uh, the philosophy of science of modern day. And like scientists, I understand this, scientismists, like new atheists, really don't. That science is built upon unprovable axioms, something we're very familiar with as, as Austrians, mm-hmm. as we start from axiomatic truths. Well, science does the exact same thing. Science, is, it, it begins with uh, assumptions like, the universe exists we exist within it it is intelligible it has fixed uh laws uh, which won't change those are all entirely assumptions that you can't run a controlled variable test on they yeah. have to be taken you could almost say on faith uh, and uh, as being true
0: absolutely you, you can't have
1: science without logic
0: yeah i once uh i have a friend of mine who's an engineer he's one of these kind of scientist people and i asked him what's what's um I politely raised the question, asked him, uh, science or philosophy? What's more important?" He went science. I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> and he went, "Now you're doing philosophy."
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when we tried
0: to answer it, he just and he he didn't not, he did not like that, but he couldn't argue against it. Um no, you, you can't provide a model
1: of of astrophysics to say why science is more important than philosophy. You have to use yeah, philosophy. It's,
0: it's philosophy. It, it's was it? I think it was uh, what's his name uh, Stephen Hawking in one of his books said philosophy is a dead dead science. It's, just, wow. it's no no longer thing, and it was just like. When you really get into some of these like scientist people, who was there's a couple they hold to a materialism view of the mind, mm-hmm. like the brain, the mind is a material saying, and they when they get upset they say, um, uh, "I'm sp- like, are you okay? No, my serotonin levels are low." Like, they speak <laughs> like that, um, wow. and the argument for like they, the argument is philosophy of the mind is an outdated view of looking at the world. And even if we don't have the arguments now for why it's not, it's a waste of time. We will one day, so we're going to act if we have the arguments now. That's oh
1: I'm
0: like, wait, you just you don't have an argument for that, but you're going to believe the argument will come about. So you're just going to go forward materialism only based on an argument that's not been, yeah, by faith. It, it was, <laughs> it was the, I, went, I was reading that stuff. I'm like, this is the dumbest smart people I've ever read. <laughs> uh,
1: what, what's what's the saying that there is no position so utterly stupid that a great philosopher hasn't already thought it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's when I first heard the cartesian dualism with the demon outside the out, the demon in your head is creating reality. I was like, yep, okay <laughs> and that, that honestly, it reminds me a lot of um that Descartes thing was like you could not know anything but your mind exists and the demon could yeah. uh, really tricking you. Maybe me think of Luce's, uh problem with scup- scrupulosity how he he never knew if he he said you could never really know if you're a phase or not face you never know if you're saved or yeah. not. Um so all you know is that you know you are where you are saved, that's the only way you can know it face alone. Exactly. And it's just like you can really see a connection because um they caught was a not a loser, he was like one offshoot of Luther. it was a um Pietist. Right. And so you can really just it see how Lucer influenced
1: you who were Calvinists.
0: I think it maybe was like I can't remember what's one exactly, but um yeah, it's it's you can really see how much uh the Reformation led to the Enlightenment. Yeah. And you yeah, can you really did. just kind of see that whole line of like so you're like, Yeah, no, that's no, I love my Protestant friends that was a mistake <laughs> that right there that that wasn't a mistake and yeah. yeah but we've gone for an hour it's a it's 10 o'clock um go and give your plugs Where can people find you at
1: um well youtube anglo libertarian uh twitter anglo lolbert because libertarian wouldn't uh fit and i just thought i might as well <laughs> own it um that yeah that's pretty much it i i Uh, To be honest, I'm not going to be going for much longer. Uh, I won't be in a position to make videos uh, from a couple of months onwards. Things are going to change a lot in life with graduation. So get in while you can. I've only got a few more videos left in me.
0: Oh, I will enjoy the content.
1: Yeah, I think I will come back another time with a different channel and do Catholic stuff. Uh, That's for sure, because like I said at the beginning, I'm far more interested in that now than I am politics and economics. So I'm happy (laughs) to put this to one side. Once its time is done, and come back and do something else later.
0: Awesome. Well, I look forward to that. Well, you, uh, everyone links for him. Or, uh, his link tree is in the description. Make sure you go subscribe, follow, and check him out. A lot of great content. Um. Anyway, another episode of Face Liberty in Practice. Everyone have a good night. <laughs>